And welcome everyone to the very special 2020, 2021 Thummies episode of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, very sincere apologies for the delay. It's been a couple of months, let me tell you. Uh, we won't get into that now because we want to get right into the show, but uh, next re- regular episode that we record, I'm sure we'll we'll get into all the reasons for all the delays and, and whatnot. So uh, again, serious apologies, sincerest apologies for that. My audio also probably sounds a little different than usual. I'm using a different microphone because, of course, right when we went to record, my audio wasn't working. So here we are. So it's going to sound a little different, right, guys? That's yeah. right, Dan. All right. Absolutely. Uh, without any further ado, let's get right into the categories. Uh, so category number one is the one that got away. So the one that got away is a game that was enjoyed, but we stopped playing for whatever reason. Corey, I'll start with you. What are your nominees for the the one that got away? Uh, there aren't too many games that I started and gave up on um, this year. And I should just get out ahead of this and say, I didn't play a ton of games this year. Yep, and this is going to be a u- unique thummies for me because I came fully unprepared, um, which <laughs> is pretty is pretty standard. So maybe people shouldn't be surprised by that. But, <laughs> right. um, at least for the thummies, I would put in a little bit of effort, you know, uh, make a list or something, or at least rehash the games that I played this year to refresh my memory. Uh, but I'm going in fully blind this year. But that said, I do have a couple um, answers prepared. And this is one of them. So the one that got away for me this year um, is definitely Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. It's a game that I think it must have come to Game Pass because I wouldn't have bought yep. it. Yeah, um, it was a day one yeah. Game Pass game. Yeah, so I should also say I've just been playing a ton of Game Pass games this year. I think I only bought like three games total. Everything else has just been Game Pass. That's been my year. Um, but yeah, so Psychonauts 2, it's a game that I really enjoyed when I first started. Um, I only played maybe two or three hours of it, if that, uh, just to kind of see how the game worked and what the mechanics were. One thing I really love about it, and and I don't even know if this is true because I'm basing this on my first three hours with the game, but one thing I loved about it was that it, it felt like you could play two, you could play the game two different ways, a more agile, um, fast, further jumping platforming game, or a more careful um smaller jump slower paced platforming game just by how your character traverse the territory and you can switch on the fly um so i appreciated that about the game it did seem like in some situations you might want to go faster in some situations you might want to go slower but it just kind of showed me like what that game was all about and i could see speedrunners having a field day with it um so i really enjoyed what i played the games reviewed really well that's my one that got away um, everything else that I played this year that I enjoyed, I'm continuing to play and will end up beating. So nice. just that. All right. What about you, Will? Will, of the three of us, you probably played the most games. Oh, yeah. I put a lot of game time in, especially when I got COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty much all I did. But um, I kind of structured it the best I could to have five nominees with one overall one that I would probably put forth. Um, so just to run through, unless you guys have an input on any of these, uh, my number one will be what I put forth. But I had Forza Horizon 5, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Bravely Default 2, Persona 5 Strikers, and the one that I'm going to probably put forward is Nier Replicant. Uh, I'm a huge Nier fan uh, ever since I played Automata. That game was pretty incredible and a game that I actually... I think about from top 10 lists and it's a game that I always think about, but I never give it its due for like a top 10 game for myself, even though it very easily could probably slot in there. Um, and 
from everybody that I trust in the gaming industry that I listen to, they talk about, who like JRPGs at least, they talk very highly of the story in Near Replicant. Uh, I know the gameplay doesn't hold up that, or I shouldn't say it doesn't hold up that well, but there's some structural parts of the game, like repeating sections like that, you know, and today's standard for gaming isn't really as much of a thing, but uh, Near Replicant kind of has that, but everybody says it's worth it just to play through the story. Uh, so Near Replicant is probably the one I'll put forth, unless any of you two want to have one of the other ones in there. But I figured I was the only one that played the other four. Yeah, I haven't haven't played any of those. Uh, for me, the ones that got away, I would say, are Metroid Prime and Eastward. Uh, I initially had put New World on this, but I I, I kind of had my had my fill of New World. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I'm going to scratch that from my list and, and just leave Metroid Prime and Eastward. Uh, I believe I stopped playing Eastward because Metroid Prime came out. And then I feel like I played Metroid Prime for like a week and then I put it down and, and just never returned to it. No rhyme or reason. I, I may get to it at some point, but at least for 2021, uh, it, it got away from me, uh, despite it coming out later in the year. Um, I would say that's that's my game. So. Uh, we're kind of at an impasse here because we all have different games on on the on the on the list here. So, uh, what do people feel strongly about here? Well, um, the one game I think that multiple people have played that was put forward is Eastward. Oh, um, you said Eastward. I must have missed that. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying I also played that. I don't. Oh, think, okay. none, none of you guys played Psychonauts, right? And none, of, neither Dan, you and I have nope. played. Um, I'm sorry. Well, what was your game? Yeah. Replicant. Yeah, I was gonna say caught yeah. replicant because I think it should probably be Eastward. That's actually a game I really, really want to play. Uh, I'm just way too poor to buy it right now. So I wish you could share games on Nintendo Switch with yeah. people on your family thing, but you can't. Um, no, Eastward's a good pick, Dan. I'll I'll echo that. Um, okay. I put maybe 20 hours into that game. Um, Maybe not quite that much, but uh, a good chunk of it. And I do still plan to go back to it. So that's why I didn't really consider it for my list. Um, But there's really, there was nothing, there's no good reason for me to stop playing it. Yeah, that's Um, how I felt. I think something else might have come out that just took my attention. And then, you know, I I don't often sit with my Switch, which if I did, I'm sure I would play it more regularly. But my default state is sitting at the same place I work, which happens to be where my Xbox is set up. So I just I just play Xbox again. Uh That's sure. You know, if it was on Game Pass, maybe I'd play it there. But um, yeah, it's just my logistics don't uh, aren't conducive to, to playing through Eastward. But I do still plan to get back to it. Road trip. Yeah, you know, maybe summer when I'm on the sitting on a beach or something, or yeah, uh, at a cabin drinking a craft beer. <laughs> you guys like to, to yeah, yeah. On. So yeah, the 2021 thummy for the one that got away, Eastward. Um, I was really upset when I got on Steam and checked your guys' shared games, and neither of you bought it on Steam. I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> so yeah, Switch. <laughs> it's not on Game Pass, is it? It might be. On... No, no, I don't no, think I don't it think is. So. Speaking of Game Pass, this is totally irrelevant, and I'm the one who said uh, we should move quick tonight, but (laughs) I found a whole Google sheet that somebody maintains that is a complete list of all present and past Game Pass games, um, including what other systems they're available on, the Metacritic score, um, if it's active or inactive. It's a really interesting 
list. And it's cool. You can, yeah, sorting by like the Metacritic score, you can just see at a glance. Oh, wow. That might be worth playing. That's useful information right there. Yeah, I'll send, I'll send the link. Okay. Uh, our next award is 2021's 2020 Game of the Year. So this award goes to a game that came out last year, i.e. Uh, that came out in 2020 instead of 2021, that we spent the most time playing this year. I have one game on this list, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. I did play a good portion of Cyberpunk 2077 again early this year, uh, in addition to what I... Early last year, I guess. Early 2021, in addition to what I what I played in, in, in 2019. So that would be my pick. Corey, what you got? Yeah, I forgot um, to look at the 2020 games. I think I'm going to give you yours because I think I know what it's going to it should be, what it will end up being. Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Valhalla. Did I play that mostly in 2021? Yeah, yeah, I would say it was 2019 or 2020. I'm sorry, it was a 2020. I'm pretty sure because I'm getting my ears confused. Yeah. Because that was your game of the year out of talking to you a lot over the year. I don't think you really played anything in 2020 from 2021, 2020 into 2021. Yeah. And I think Valhalla was the only thing that you dabbled with. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's Valhalla. Yeah, because it came out in 2020, right? Yeah, in November. Yeah. And that game was thick. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely my pick. I was looking at some of, like, there are some Game Pass games that I played a ton of um, in 2021, like Fae Tactics that came out in 2020. Mm. Um, there's a few of them that I put, you know, 30 plus hours into. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we're just, if we're judging it based on the quality of the game, Valhalla is light years above anything else well, I've played. If you, if you have a good one, that was just the one that caught, popped in my head for you. Nope, you're right. You're 100% right. Um, Immortals is another one. The Phoenix Rising, I might consider adding mm-hmm. um, if I was doing my top five. That was a good game I played a lot of last year, but um, or I'm sorry, this year. I... Yeah, it's good. I'm going to get confused by that the entire night. Yeah. What do you, What about you, Will? What do you got? You got five again: Spider Man, Miles Morales, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two. I love all five of those games quite a bit. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two is in my top ten games, um, so that one probably. But I really, 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 really like all of them, uh-huh. so I'm good with whatever winning. To be okay. honest. Uh, so Corey, I, I will uh, second Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I did play uh, a decent amount of that in 20, 2021. So I think I think that's a that's a great pick actually. I, I didn't put it on my list, but I, I'm realizing now that I only played a tiny little bit of it when it came out in 2020, and and played more of it in 2021. Yep. I played 30 so. hours of it this year too. So. Okay, so that's a good pick then. Great pick. All right, so the thummy for the 2020 all right 2021's 2020 game of the year is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I actually should probably be writing these down. I don't eh. know if I have a writing utensil. <laughs> Yeah. You know what we should do is send these off these episodes off to get transcribed. You could probably pay like two bucks and have, have yeah. them transcribed for on, you. On Fiverr or something. Yeah. Anywho, uh, third category, best multiplayer experience. This award goes out to a game that excels in the areas of multiplayer, both online and in person. Will, start with you. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen is one of them. Call of Duty Vanguard is another. Halo Infinite. Age of Empires 4 and Chivalry 2 feel pretty strongly about two of them. 
uh, being age four in Chivalry 2. Corey? Um, I can't remember our full list of categories. Halo Infinite is the winner. The winner? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was trying to, like, my wife and I have played a ton of It Takes Two. Mm -hmm. That's you can consider that. Um, uh, yeah, let's go with Halo Infinite. <laughs> no, or It Takes Two is a great game, and I hope I get an opportunity to talk about it again. But yeah, for me, it's it's Halo Infinite, and and Halo Infinite has its problems too. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think some of this is like nostalgia too because. I haven't really played a Halo game as religiously as I've been playing Infinite since Halo 3. Um, so it's been a while for me, but I still feel right at home playing Halo. I'm still relatively competitive. I'm, I'm in Platinum 4. You know, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't even know what the ranks are above that, but you have at least three or four ranks that you hit Platinum. So um, I feel pretty good about where I'm at competitively. And it's just super addicting and super fun. Um, the sound effects, I'm sure this game will come up if we're talking the Eargasm Award too, but the sound effects are really, really nice. And there's a little there's a little pop that they added to the game when you hit somebody that really sticks out. And I feel like I'm playing every time I sit down to play Halo, that's that's the 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 dragon that I'm chasing is that little pop when you hit somebody. And especially when you're shooting from a distance and you're not uh -huh. sure if you hit them, you hear that little pop and it's such a rewarding feeling. You throw a grenade around a corner. You don't know if there's even anybody over there. And then you, you hear that little pop that um, it, it, that's the same thing. Overwatch did. Yeah. So, and, and I did want to say, I'm glad you brought that up Dan. that Halo, the Halo team has learned their lessons from these games that have come in and just blown them out of the water. Fortnite, um, Overwatch, even the Call of Duties and stuff, you know, the, Halo's taken a backseat to those games, but I feel like with Infinite, they're kind of back into the the conversation. Totally agree. Uh, I'm going to second Halo Infinite. Uh, I haven't played it as much recently, but when it came out, like, I, I played for hours on end, and you're absolutely right, you know, it's even though we haven't played in a long time, uh, I felt competitive, you know, most of the time. Uh, it's very easy to get together and play. Uh, I feel like it's a major return to form for Halo, and and I'm I'm glad because I feel like, like you said, Corey, the 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 series was was kind of stale. Um, you know, I never didn't I didn't have any interest in in Halo Five like at all. Um, but you know, they they surprise dropped it about a month before it was supposed to like come out come out so people could play the multiplayer get their hands on it uh, it worked from the second it launched it was a little slow the first day a couple you know like an hour after it launched but everything worked i I never had any server issues or connection issues you know the servers were never down for me uh when i wanted to go play it was it was and it's it was fantastic like i i loved everything about it about, about my only complaint was one of the maps that I really hated, but I actually just read that they took that map off of the competitive playlist. So, <laughs> which map? Which, well, yeah, which it's one? The big open one with the, in the desert with the structure in the middle. Uh, okay. The circular they one. They took that out of competitive. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, Apparently, that was that was hated by a lot of people. So they they did they did nix that one from the from the playlist. Competitive just from playlist. ranked. Ranked. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep, that's surprising. I, I, I mean, it's a different kind of map. I'll yeah. agree with that, but I, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess today's audience is just looking for something 
a little bit more fast-paced, which that map is a little bit slower. I think for me it was when you're playing ranked, and if if you lost a teammate in that one, it's literally impossible to come back. I feel like you could come back in some of the other maps, but that one is so open, and, and trying to play like capture the flag on that, a man down, or sometimes two men down, like it's it's just a complete waste of time. Oh yeah, I didn't think about it from that angle, but you're probably right. Um, which it really sucks when you're playing ranked and people drop. Yeah, it does. Oof. And that and that and that map, I, I feel like it was exacerbated quite a bit, lacking that extra teammate. You know, I wonder if that was the idea behind their attrition game mode. I don't know if you guys have played the attrition game mode, um, but basically you have a pool of lives. I think it's like seven or eight for your team. And then once those are gone, everybody gets one more chance. And then once they die, they're down unless somebody on your team revives you. Oh, I never played that. That That sounds awesome. It's pretty fun. And it's fast. The games are much quicker than any of the other playlists I've been on, um, which I appreciate. But maybe that was a response to that issue because, well, it could be hard to come back from missing a player. What an interesting map to have that attrition game mode on where people could die on one end of the map. You know, you could be the only person on your team left alive, but you have enough space and room to kind of sneak around and, and maybe try to revive some people who are further away. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I never never played that game mode. Yeah, it's cool. All right. So, yeah. Will, you okay with Halo? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm good with okay. that. All right. So the 2021 Thummy for best multiplayer experience goes to Halo Infinite. Next up on the list, most complete experience. This award goes to a game that comes in a well-rounded package. Will, what do you got? Honestly, nothing. No. Um, I mean, I could put a lot of games forward for this because I liked a lot uh, this year. Oh, man. I don't Come know on, Will. You, you don't know what the answer is here. Probably Mass Effect, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, I love Hitman 3, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, like, Returnal, Chivalry, Far Cry 6, um, so much, but it's gonna, it's, yeah, it's Mass Effect Legendary Edition for me. Yeah, the only thing I was gonna throw forward was Halo Infinite, uh, again, because of the excellent multiplayer and the campaign that I thought, at least what I played of it, was, was pretty awesome, um, yeah. Open world Halo works very, very well. Um, so that was that was what I was gonna was gonna throw in there. I I, I have played a little bit of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, I just started maybe a week ago. Um, so, but I'll talk about that another time. It's it's funny. Um, going into this episode, I asked Dan and Corey how we were gonna handle Mass Effect Legendary Edition because. It's not, I mean, it's not going to be fair when we include it. (laughs) Because I think we, I mean, me and Corey played through all three games and Dan, you started them. So, yes, I have. But it was this year, so I I haven't really considered it Mm because it only started like a week ago, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on Game Pass now. Yep. That's why I started. So, what do you think, Mass Effect? Corey, do you have anything else you want to? No, it's it's really tough to pick anything else, but um, just some games I thought about for most complete package. It takes two. Um, yeah, I agree. Not because of the game it offers, but it's almost like it's weird. It's almost like therapy, you know. Um, people, you, I know you guys don't know because you haven't played, but if anybody that played the game might kind of know what I'm talking about. If you're playing with your spouse, which is what the game is about, like a husband and wife who are having issues and are um, 
trying to resolve those issues but end up getting mixed up in this fantasy world where their their daughter's toys essentially um like toy story type thing uh <clears throat> navigating that it's 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 therapeutic and it's also therapy you know mm-hmm. it's it's weird it's it's a weird dynamic but there's a lot to love about that game and any game that packages real world stuff in it i feel like is a more complete package that said mass effect is such a complete game multiplayer single player um did well they done all did around. they ha- have the multiplayer for mass effect 3 or i'm sorry they're gonna halo I think they're willing or going thinking of adding it though. Oh, okay. Um, so what's the what's the mechanic they do for the uh, universal readiness? They yeah, and they lowered the threshold too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was talking about Halo, but yes, Mass Effect for me is the most complete package. Um, three awesome, incredible games that are, in in my opinion, still best played back to back um having been able to do that this year for the first time um it's it's just it's an incredible series and i mean we've it's been a while since the trilogy originally released but i remember us saying at the time like we weren't the only ones like people saying this is our generation's star wars yeah that's a really powerful thing when you think back you think about it now and, and we're talking about post disney acquisition of star wars which is much different than when we were talking about it before all that right um but yeah it's just it's an incredible story well told um and there's really nothing not not to like or nothing yeah not to like and what i also really like about legendary edition is how like a lot of the writers have come forward with stuff that they considered doing uh like the ending that they thought they were going to go with for a while, which was the dark energy one, which not to get too in the weeds, but real quick, it was basically, I don't know if you remember Dan uh, in Mass Effect 2, where they made a big deal about the stars dying out way sooner than their projected yeah. time. Yep. So originally what they were going to do was the Reapers were going to kill off the species because what was happening is it got dark energy production going and then everything started to deteriorate once enough civilizations reached a high enough technology point so for them to live and keep the entire world going or the galaxy um, they wiped out everybody so then new civilizations would come up and then they would just repeat that cycle over and over again. So that was like originally what they were thinking. Yeah. So so that adds like another layer of shades of gray type of type of stuff to it, you know? Like who's yeah. who's really the bad guys here? I mean you, you know, yeah. you know who yeah. they are, but it adds a an, an, an interesting wrinkle yep, to, to sure. the whole thing. Yeah, so did they say that 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 isn't canon or just it didn't make its way into the game in any way? It didn't make it there. I think what happened was a leak got out. So then they changed it because they made a big deal about that with Tally in Mass Effect 2. And I remember it. I was like, huh, that's weird. And then they like dropped it entirely. That's such a bummer that the, Which, they based that decision on a leak. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I also found out that Cerberus, you know, when they do the like killed the or try to kill the council members. I was always under the impression that the count or Cerberus was indoctrinated, but no, they weren't. So that plot line made no sense by that point. Hmm. Which is another interesting thing that I learned about that. But yeah, Cerberus was supposed to be full on indoctrinated at that point, but they weren't. 
And I was like, wait a second. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So, but it was a bunch of little interesting nuanced stuff that they have come forward and talked about. And again, I mean, the series is incredible. I platinumed all three games this year, so. Yeah, and if you're at the least bit curious, the Legendary Edition is the way to play it. The the small changes they made to, especially the first game, make a huge yeah. difference and make I was, it like way more fun. Yeah, I was very impressed with how how well they did the the first game. It, it felt like you know you go back and play the the first the original first, and it's very very clunky. Oh. Uh, it's still a little bit clunky, but it's it's way way more playable than yep. than the original. Yep, it's a bunch of RPG nerds trying to make a shooter, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And there Our... really hasn't been a game like it since. No. Not that I can think of, no. So the 2021 Thummy for Most Complete Experience goes to Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Next award is the Breath of Fresh Air Award. This award goes to a game that brings a little something new to the table outside of your run-of-the-mill FPS or open-world RPG, though it could be one of those with a twist. Will, Breath of Fresh Air. Two of them. I have Chivalry 2 and Remasters Not Being Butchered. Um, we had a couple of Remasters this year, Near Replicant, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um... Kingdoms of Amalur. Kingdoms of Amalur. I'm forgetting another big one. Oh, Diablo 2 Resurrected. There's so many that you're probably missing. Because I was, um, right before we started, I was reading through the, the list of all the games that came out. And that was one of the main points I took away from the list was, yeah. holy crap, there's a lot of... Well, and a cool thing with Hitman 3 was all of the old maps um, are put into Hitman 3 with the new amenities of the game. So like in 2016 and 2018, you can play the base versions, but you can get them in Hitman 3, and then they have the updated UI or the updated stuff like that. So that's basically like remastered games right there for the first two. Um, I'm honestly genuinely impressed that most of them, I mean, people bash Pokemon, which is why I didn't include it because uh, of the art style. I happen to really love the art style and how they handled the Gen 4 remakes, but I'm also very biased about Gen 4. So um yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think I heard anything too negative about any, like, remasters this past year. So, I'm sure there are, but, like, whatever. Yeah, right. What do you got, the Corey? Remasters have gotten really good at remastering. Only took them long enough. The <laughs> um, what was the question? What do I have? Oh, uh, Breath of Fresh Air. Yeah, um, not too many not too many jumped out at me this year. I will say a game um, that kind of hinted at the breath of fresh air was Loop Hero. I don't know if you guys are even familiar with Loop Hero. Have it on um, Epic. Yeah, so I think it, it was originally a PC game. Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm playing it on Steam. I think it's on Switch now, though, too. Um, but it's a PC game, and I'm, I can't describe it. I can't do it justice in a nutshell, so I'm just going to read the little Google snippet about it. Um, Loop Hero is a 2021 endless RPG developed by Russian studio Four Quarters and published by Devolver Digital. The game takes place in a randomly generated world where the player changes the world by placing cards instead of directly controlling a character. So um, it's called Loop Hero because your character basically just runs on a loop and there's very little that you have to do. You can just watch if you want. Uh, and that to me is the breath of fresh air because I want, I've wanted for a long time, a game that 
I don't have to actively play. And there's not too many of them that exist. There are some phone games that do it, but I think they do it really poorly. I want like, uh, what's a good example of a game? Like a, a JRPG, for instance, that genre of game where I don't need to be actively paying attention to it, but things are happening. Um, like Animal Crossing is a is almost that because it's based on like a real world time system. And I think a game that just kind of was always playing in the background and then you would just go in and tweak a little bit uh-huh. here and there. I just, there's just something about that type of game where you can just sit back and relax and watch as much as you want. But if you want to go in and, and micromanage a little bit, you can. Um, I also talk a lot about having companion apps for games on phones and i just think that idea what i talked about previously where like you can be at your work day but on your other screen have your game auto playing off to the side that you know when you take a break get up go to the bathroom whatever you can just kind of look at and mess around with a little bit but um loop hero is the closest game that i've felt has tried to do that and it's it's way off from what i even i'm describing but i i hope that that kind of game is is coming something that we passively play throughout the day okay that's a good pick that's a good pick yeah i don't i don't have anything for this category i don't think i played anything that that i thought was was refreshing uh needless to say i mean halo infinite's campaign a little bit but that's probably about it yeah, it was kind of a, I mean, I think this is the first year we can say it was kind of a shit year for games, right? Uh, you guys didn't own the right console. That's true. That's, yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, all the good games were coming out on PlayStation, um, of which I don't have. I, I do appreciate the value of the Game Pass, but. I genuinely think you guys would all love Returnal. Mm-hmm. Um. I think you all would have a really good time with Ratchet and Clank. I don't think you guys would hold it as high in regard as I would. Um, yeah, there there was good stuff. Xbox, I'm going to talk a lot about Xbox, especially in the next category, so I don't want to show too much right now. But like, there were a lot of good games. I also had a lot of time because the beginning of 2021, COVID was bad, and I gave up a lot of my shifts to my coworkers who needed to work so like up until april i barely worked so i played a lot of video games and then i had a lot of time over the summer to kind of mess around and play some stuff and i played a lot of stuff because i was in school at the end of the year and then i got COVID at the beginning of this year so i played a lot so like i did get to sink a lot of time into games this past year so but Corey, i honestly think loop hero should win because i don't think we should give an award to developers being able to remaster <laughs> effectively yeah yeah i'm all for it i mean it was my pick after all okay. yeah all right so the winner for the 2021 thummy for breath of fresh air goes to loop hero i also have that on epic games i think it was a free game at one point wasn't it will yeah it was that's yeah. why i have it i wanted it to play on, it really bad is it on game pass now too it, i, I think it know. might be it's it's been a few different places and that so that's where i i know of it um and I always am sure to collect the free Epic Games game. Because why not, you know? Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, Should we right, reboot this? Yep, uh, so Zoom we're going to, because because Zoom sucks, I'm going to have to uh, close our Zoom meeting first, brief second here. Uh, when we come back, we'll just jump right into the episode rather than, uh, sometimes we shoot the shit a little bit. 
Uh, but we'll just we'll just jump right into the episode. So, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. All right. So, and we are back. Uh, next category is the Please Stop Award. This award goes out to a game or industry practice that seriously needs to stop. Will, I'll let you go first. I've got three. First is Battlefield. Um, somehow they just continually drop the ball on this game. And it's a shame because 2042 looked pretty incredible. Yes, it did. Uh, for every single trailer. But yeah, no, it's just not good. And it was so bad that the subreddit got locked uh, entirely, which is impressive. Which leads me into my next one, Gamer Outrage. I get it. Like, I really do. Like, games should be good. Like, developers should put their time to make a good game. However, gaming is a luxury. And we, if we put more effort into complaining and going after developers and games and put that towards real world stuff, I think this country would be in a way better position. Because, good God, people get so upset about everything. Like, they're clipping. They went after uh, God of War because Kratos has the same boat animation that he had in the 2018 one. And people went after Aloy for how she grappled off of the thing. It was the same one in Zero Dawn. God. It's like, if the animation's really good in the first place, why does it matter? Yeah. That's not even something I would ever notice in a million years. No. It's just people bloviating on the internet. That's all it is. It's like, look at me. Look at how smart I am and how, because I'm so smart and I'm showing you how smart I I am to all of you, because I'm so smart, I can comment on this little thing that nobody else will notice, except for me, because I'm so smart and observant and and paying attention. (laughs) Yeah, what happens is you get one asswipe that notices that. They put something on the internet about it. Everyone's like, hey, yeah, he's right. What the hell? You know? And it just snowballs from there. People people forget that, like, yes, we're talking about an art. It's a craft. You know, your art and your art should be unique. But it's also a commercial. Yeah, business. It's a business. These people are, a lot of people are there just to collect a paycheck, just like the rest of us. A lot of them want their jobs to be easier, just like the rest of us. A lot of them take shortcuts, just like the rest of us. And Will's point, I think, is the most valid. If it was good to begin with, why do you care? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still have two more. <laughs> um, Jason Schreier going after Ken Levine at the very beginning of the year. Um, dude, here's another thing. A lot of people are breaking their backs out there, working hard, very hard jobs. And the fact that Jason Schreier wrote an article about people having a hard time working with Ken Levine, which is nothing surprising. We've known that for a long time. Give me a break. Yeah. Like, dude, there's people working literal factory jobs and people are upset about making a video game, which is fair. I do get that. But Ken Levine is notoriously hard to work for. And enough people left the studio and said that, that he wrote this like huge piece about it. And I'm just like, man, come on. Yeah, I don't know. But my biggest one. Well, go ahead, Dan. I I was going to say, I used to like his stuff, but I feel like he just turned into like hit pieces all the time now. Yeah, like. I get it. Crunch is bad. Like, I really honestly don't think people should be working more than 40 hours a week. I mean, Corey, you and I have talked about that for a long time now, like 40 hours, like, you know, that should be what it is, not 60, but also game video game crunch is different because like, I know you're working at a desk or whatever, 
but people are working 50 60 manual hour jobs like i don't know as somebody who's worked manual labor jobs or has like been working in a restaurant for 50 60 hours i would rather do that or making a video game because at least i'm making art versus doing something like my heart is not into yeah i'm gonna give jason trier the benefit of the doubt here and i and i shouldn't because i've seen his twitter but (laughs) it i feel like he's victim of what we're seeing everywhere else in media and that's you know it it has to get clicks and if it's not getting clicks don't we're not writing it um and that stuff gets clicks you know and that's unfortunate because i want to read jason's writing about the artistry of games you know that's he's talented enough he's got his hands in enough places you know where he could be doing that Uh, but instead it just seems beneath him to to write about that stuff and i I know he'd argue with me about that and he'd see he, he feels it's important and that's fine and that's good but like i just feel like a talent like him his time is much better spent talking about the artistry of games he has really good opinions um and that's that's what he is he's he's an opinion journalist um although he'd probably argue with that too but yeah i guess i guess this is just me saying like there's a version of jason that i really like and want to read more of his work and then there's this other stuff that i feel like is caught up in in stuff that is beneath him that's all yeah so like an example that i think he did excellent with his writing the bioware after andromeda and anthem that article yeah Top tier. Awesome. The CD Project Red with Cyberpunk 2077. Another good article. And the Cyberpunk one was recent. So it's just, I don't know. I think it it falls flat because I just think that that's sure. People are probably, people are quitting. Like it's taken him eight years to put out a game. It's coming. I don't know. I just think that was a, I, I didn't like that article. I was just like, dude, like, I don't know. I felt like a waste of time. My biggest one though, is Xbox buying everything because <laughs> I have a huge problem with this for a lot of reasons. Yes. Yeah, Sony owns more studios than Microsoft right now. Still. Yeah. I think they own. Okay. So it's a little tricky because Activision, she might change a lot of stuff, but people like, this is what I just read on the internet. Apparently Sony the defense to Microsoft doing this was Sony owns more percentage of the industry studio-wise than Microsoft. Huh. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed that. I was I think it was like 8% and Microsoft is going to be at like 7%. I don't know. I could be wrong still. I don't know. And people are saying it's what Sony has done. And I don't want to make this Xbox versus Sony. However, I have a huge problem because Xbox has not been able to put out a good exclusive so forza horizon i'd exclude from this because playground always does excellent yeah even though my friends have complained about horizon 5 343 put out an awesome halo game however outside of that microsoft has bought these studios and have been unable to put out and manage their studios to put out good exclusive games this entire time people go after sony for buying studios their last couple they bought were insomniac Blue Point, Housemark, Fire Sprite, and Nixus. Can anybody name any games that these studios did for other developers that wasn't Sony? Blue Point has been a port in a remake studio for Sony this entire time. Housemark put maybe one game on Xbox. Insomniac did Sunset Overdrive. Sucker Punch, I don't think ever really put out a game that wasn't Sony. Nixus is to port games to PC. Fire Sprite, I don't know anything about. Also, Insomniac was $330 million. Microsoft spent $7 billion 
on Bethesda and 69 billion on Activision. And I also have a problem with people thinking that their Game Pass subscription is going to stay $15 with Microsoft buying all these studios because it's definitely not. It's going to go up. I'm also annoyed that Microsoft is playing the good guy saying we're going to honor all of our deals with Sony because by the time that they own and this goes through, Microsoft's not paying 68 or $69 billion to let Sony have access to a lot of these games. This is, I think, a very temporary thing. And it's, I just think it's a major problem when Microsoft isn't able to put out good exclusives at all in general right now, buying up more of the industry because Call of Duty is a huge thing for people. And I think people would be dumb to buy a PlayStation to play Call of Duty if it's going to go on a Game Pass. So I just think I have a lot of problems with Microsoft doing that. And I think we talked about it when they bought Bethesda, the consolidation of the industry. It's a problem. And Microsoft keeps doing that. And also, for my steamy pile of disappointment, I put forth the it'll be good in a, while, a couple months statement that comes out for a lot of Game Pass games, because Halo and Forza were the big ones. Everybody complains about Halo all the time about how there's so many predatory practices in it with its store and how it'll be better in a couple months when they add more content in that. That's been happening for a lot of different Game Pass games. And a lot of their, the old games that they add on there are fine because they're already made. Like Diablo 3 will get added, Overwatch will get added. Those are fine because those games have already been made. They have all of the content in there. But I've been noticing the trend that a lot of their exclusive games that they've added on there, besides Psychonauts 2, people have been complaining about it being content light. So I'm also really tired of Phil Spencer. (laughs) Although I do think them buying Activision, giving them a little credit, they're gonna they're gonna clean stuff up because Activision really needs to be cleaned up. I was gonna that I was gonna bring up that point and and that that that's kind of out of the scope of what we're talking about here because that happened in in 2022. Yeah. Um, but I I do think that is gonna be a good thing for Activision. I think they got a bargain on Activision because of all the the mess that that they're in right now. Um, yes. With all the dumb stuff they did, and I feel like Blizzard hasn't been the the studio the legendary studio that that. <laughs> it's cracked up to be not for a while anymore. yeah so i do oh, think i do think microsoft is is going to clean that up a little bit but but go ahead will well my final point before i let you guys yeah. continue i do i do prefer sony at this point i'm not gonna lie however when sony buys square enix in like two years i'm gonna have the same opinion because i don't want sony to respond with oh we should go buy a studio like square enix i really don't want that because I also don't think it's fair to take all of these awesome Square Enix games and just put them on Sony's platform. It makes sense because they have always worked together. Don't want it though. Yeah. Because like Octopath Traveler is on Game Pass. That's awesome because that game needs more recognition. Don't like take a game like Project Triangle Strategy. That'll come to the new consoles at some point. I don't want them to get bought by Square Enix and have that only on PlayStation. So... I just want to cover my bases with that. I really have a huge problem with all of this. What's um, you, you, very well-crafted points, Will, for all three of your choices for this category. Um, but just specifically on this Microsoft one, what's your biggest fear? Just that the, the, the games will ultimately degrade in quality? Yeah, and like I said, like we have seen the quality of the games. Like, Don't get me wrong, Halo Infinite plays awesome the campaign's good and the multiplayer is good but 
part of my problem is like being on the internet and seeing what people are saying about it and having friends who are way more passionate about these games than I am. Because yeah, I you saw gotta no- get off the internet and ditch your friends. <laughs> That's the only answer. So like, well, I thought Halo Infinite was awesome. Yeah. Like it's in my top like seven games of the year. Like I think it's an awesome game. However, I've seen so much vitriol for how the game was made, like the playlist stuff, like all of that, all of that. And like how the game needs to be delayed, how they put it out because it's going to be on Game Pass. And it's like, it ruined a really cool moment for me where they released it early so we could play the multiplayer because everyone got so toxic about it. Yeah. And like it brought to my attention that, yeah, like it is lacking in stuff. People say the same thing about Forza Horizon. Um, I know there's other examples of games, but I'm more unprepared for this episode than I wanted to be. I was going to get a little more prepared for like where they're lacking in quality. Um, but like it is happening. And I just think that if you're giving. So, okay, I look at Call of Duty, for example. My biggest fear is one, they said that their next two Call of Duty games are going to come to PlayStation, which is probably about the time it's going to take for the deal to officially go through. Eventually, it's going to be mainly on Xbox. It's going to be on Game Pass, which means I think there are people, if they keep a $15 subscription fee, which I don't think they are, how are they going to make enough money off this game? They're probably going to do stuff like more microtransactions, stuff like that. Because where are they going to make money? They're going to invest all, like $15 for Game Pass isn't going to be able to make enough money to pay off. And Microsoft has enough money to do that, but they're just going to keep taking a hit on the gaming side of things. I know they make a ton of money from their other stuff, but at what point like, are they going to willing to keep bleeding money from the game section because of a $15 subscription? You know what I mean? Well, maybe I don't know the business inside of it as much, but... Well, you, you clearly know a lot more about it than I do, but if there's one thing you guys know about me, it's I love to just like argue of the other side just for the sake of conversation. Um, but I, the one thing I'm thinking of in this specific instance about the $15 subscription fee is it's, you know, you'd probably say the same thing about like a Planet Fitness. Like there's no way they're going to survive $10 a month gym memberships, right? But they do because it's just low enough that people get signed up and pay it and then forget about it. Or they might not even forget about it, but they keep it there because it's good to have in the background and it's a low expense. Um, so the goal, I think, just like with Planet Fitness, is for Microsoft to load up on these subscriptions, convince people to buy in at some point, get them on a recurring subscription that auto auto pays, and then they have subscribers for arguably for life. I've been playing paying for Planet Fitness for probably four years. I've probably been in those four years maybe 10 times. Um, you know, so, so arguably a hundred dollars worth of gym membership that I've been paying, I've paid $480 for roughly. Yeah. Well, so, and I think you're right. 100% with that. And I think they're, I mean, I've, we've been saying this for the last, I don't know, since game Pass has been a thing, like Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo are playing different games. Xbox yeah. wants to get game pass on everything. They really do. Um, Phil Spencer had a quote where he said that he trusts Sony and Nintendo to do the right thing in the game, but he doesn't trust like Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. Yeah. But I think that was like PR nice speak to say mm-hmm. Sony and, and Nintendo That's... are on the same level. I, I don't know. I So I, I'm one of those people that really likes Phil Spencer. I think he has a brilliant mind for what he's doing. Um, I do like him too, even though I complained about him a minute ago. <laughs> I agree with him. I, I think... Um, 
And, so, and uh, go ahead, Dan. So, uh, so I, I think what you're trying to trying to articulate here, Corey, is you think that it's not to go against Sony; it's to go against Amazon and Apple and Google more than yep. more than the other guys. But why are we making Microsoft, who is a mega corporation, seem like a good guy? Because I think I think they are on the side of gaming for gamers. And I, th- I think Phil Spencer is one of the people fighting for that. You look at these um, other companies that aren't, um, their roots aren't in gaming. And I think they're just seeing, like, an- what has Amazon put out? New World. You know, New World, but like... Yeah. Other than that, what's what what game has have any of those companies put out that are like really for gamers? There are none of them. They're they they're, they put out games for people who are on their phones a lot, but that's not for gamers. And I think I think Microsoft with you know the Xbox brand, Sony with the PlayStation brand, Nintendo obviously hundred um, percent. You know they know who their audience is, and they're making games for those people, just like Amazon, Apple. Um, whoever else they know who their audience is and they're making games for those people i'm just in the group of the former uh, and i think phil spencer is too and i think he identifies that but microsoft has had a track record of trying to brute force though they try to buy nintendo yeah i think it's just they just can't make good first party game i mean they can make good first party games they just can't get the i don't know what the issue is will but i think What's the alternative? Microsoft goes out of business, or I'm sorry, not Microsoft, but Xbox. You know, if if they don't, and you're right that it's probably just a short-term solution. It's definitely not a long-term answer. But like, what's the alternative? They don't have any good games on Xbox. There's no they, reason to buy an Xbox. They have the studios though already in house, but they just they don't manage their studios well enough. And they added right ten more. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you, but like it's going to look real good when Elder Scrolls six comes out and you can only get it on Xbox. And that's going to convince a shitload of people to buy an Xbox, sign up for game pass. I mean, that's their goal and that's, what's going to happen in the short term. They might kill Bethesda in the long term. They probably will kill Bethesda in the long term, but that I, you know, they did that valuation where they determined having an exclusive Elder Scrolls game. will bring in this many subscribers. We can spend this much on the acquisition. This makes sense. Let's do it. They I'm, might be wrong about that, but I'm surprised it was only seven billion. Me too. That seems low. That was a steal. Well, so honestly, like, sure. Like, I'm not worried about Starfield because that game has been was pretty much like made by the time that the acquisition actually happened. I worry a lot more about Elder Six, Elder Scrolls Six, and Fallout with how the Game Pass structure has been working because. Again, I pointed out that I think the games are kind of dropping the ball. Their first party releases on Game Pass, like day one, that's not coming out till 2025, six at the earliest. I think like, that's I a lot of time. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's their business model though to like prematurely release games. Again, I think their backs were to the wall and they're like, we got to put something out there because there's no reason to have an Xbox this holiday season if we don't just throw throw them a bone and let them play the halo multiplayer you know again what's the alternative nobody buys an xbox and i i don't know i don't know enough about it will i'm just going off what you 
are saying and what no, how I feel based on my experience with these systems and the little bit that I've picked up. You're, you're much more engaged with all this stuff. But I, I, I felt like the Halo release was out of desperation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the because you the Xbox Series S is like the only console you could really get around the holidays. I'm sure they move some of those systems putting out the Halo Halo multiplayer uh, early and then and then, you know, the the full the rest of the campaign in, in December. Yeah. Well, so then. Well, OK, so I agree. Their backs are against the wall. But what happens if they still don't have anything and things continuously keep falling apart? They're going to be like, well, let's go buy Sega. Let's go buy Capcom because we can. Well, I, well, I mean, they've, they've got themselves a couple years at least. Man. Yeah, I would agree with that. But also I have a worry that so, or Sony crushes in first party releases. Every single one of them, for the most part, is like high quality. I worry about them doing a Game Pass thing and then them seeing a dip in quality in games because they don't have the money that Microsoft does to be able to flounder. Well, they have one. It just sucks compared to Game Pass. So there's a lot of rumors about they're actually going to launch a Game Pass. Yeah. Um, Spartacus is what it's the code name for it. They're like, apparently, that it's going to have backwards compatibility for their old PlayStation 1, 2, 3 games. There's a lot. There's like a, a PS3 games are popping up on the store that are in like disappearing. Like, apparently, there's something going on on the back end for Sony. But I don't know. I hope Sony doesn't go out and buy a studio. And what they do is they just, I can't take credit for this because I heard it on other podcasts, but like, I want them to invest more into their studios, give them more time, put out Spartacus, have it be good. They won't because Sony will drop the ball on something in that gar- that range. But I just worry about, again, everything that I stated. And if it still doesn't work for Microsoft, they go, oh, let's go buy Capcom, Square Enix, Sega, something Sony. like that. <laughs> they could. They really, they really could. I also worry about Sony being like, huh, let's merge with Disney. Let's Ugh, merge with Amazon. No, please, please. No. <laughs> well, that's a possibility, you know? I've got a couple thoughts here. First is that they're really what they're all trying to do is, is get Nintendo's game sales, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, how many, let's 30 million copies of, of Animal Crossing. How many Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or Mario Kart 8 between... 50 million like that's those are crazy numbers yeah no you're you're definitely right that's why they wanted to buy nintendo yeah uh but no i ultimately what i wanted to ask was what what do we know what uh microsoft is coming out with like later this year what's their what's their starfield i'm talking like going back into what you were saying well like what would they have uh first party wise uh later this year at Forza Motorsport probably because they release a Forza every year. Um, but outside um, of that, like what, what would, what would their big release be? Fable take, maybe? Take a look. Fable I think is going to be next year to be honest with you. Okay. I haven't heard anything about Fable. I know Playground is doing it, which is a good thing. Like we talked about, that was, that's one of their, their better studios. <laughs> I'm looking, Dan. It's, it's nothing. Again. It's nothing. Yeah. Will's right. Uh, I, I, I happen to think Starfield will be awesome. I agree. And I, I think do. it's important for, to Microsoft that it is awesome. Uh, Redfall. I don't even that's, know what Redfall That's is. getting delayed, by the way. That's the rumor. Stalker, Redfall, and I think Arc Atomic two. Heart got delayed. Ark? Survive- Nobody even really liked Ark Survival Evolved. I, I shouldn't say that. I know a lot of people like Ark 
Ark Survival Evolved, but that's not the second one's coming out. It, it says highly anticipated sequel. Is that true? You, you guys are more keyed into the... Probably for yes. the people that like Ark. Yes, but no. Yeah, like what Dan just said. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to make this a console war thing at all because I want everything to be good, but like Sony does have Horizon Forbidden West in less than a month, which looks awesome. God of War Ragnarok. I'm not a racing fan, but Gran Turismo 7. Like they've got some stuff coming out in the at least first half of the year. I don't know. Sony is also just better at marketing their junk. You know? Yeah, they definitely are. Microsoft. I'm I'm mostly just happy that I'm on the PC middle ground where I know both of the both Sony and Microsoft will will push a lot of their titles too. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima is going to come out on PC like can't wait some point <laughs> this year soon. Like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Cuz that was in the leak. Yeah, Bloodborne. People are still clamoring for Bloodborne to come to PC. By the way, apparently this is from the Sacred Symbols podcast, but Blue Point who did the Demon Souls remake is making Bloodborne 2 and then doing a remaster of Bloodborne. That's like what they're doing, apparently. Wait, didn't huh? you? Weren't, wasn't that one of the studios you said Microsoft bought? No, the Sony bought them. Oh, Sony bought. Them. So when I was going, I was going over examples because I got really annoyed where people were saying Sony was just buying up studios too, and then I said, "What have these other studios that Sony bought done for Microsoft or Nintendo?" Almost yeah, nothing. Nothing. So. So Sony hopefully is making Bloodborne 60 FPS. Yeah, I think it's obscene that they haven't. See, like one of the only like major IPs that they haven't touched. Yeah, that they had. That's got to happen. Which is, I like, might be their best game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So we got a little sidetracked there, but it was a good discussion. So please stop, Corey. Did you have anything? Did Did I ask you what you had for please stop? I didn't have anything. No, I thought I thought Will had three really good ones though. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'm I, the only one I had was EA. Uh, talk talking about EA that they need to clean up their act a bit. Um, I feel like they had two good games, one of which was a remaster, uh, and then the Star Wars game that came out earlier last year that, that yeah, I ended order. up playing. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but outside of that, I feel like they mostly squandered their Star Wars exclusivity. Um, they bank on their sports games every year. Uh, to me, they have yeah. nothing. So, and in those sports games, are reviewing more, more and more poorly right uh, and, i mean time. i know hockey has really dropped i'm not i have madden's more their flagship but yeah i haven't paid any attention fifa fifa's FIFA. a worldwide yeah. huge seller well fifa apparently might be leaving ea oh really <laughs> yeah it's a whole it's a lot to explain and it's not that important but apparently there might be splitting madden regularly gets fives now sixes like yeah it's bad they have the dead space remake coming I hated the first Dead Space, so I don't love that. <laughs> um, I played so, all three of those. Did you? Did yeah. you like them? <laughs> no. Uh, you know why I played them? It's because uh, the on live days. They were oh, all three of those yeah. games were on on live. Yeah. And uh-huh. I, yeah, no, I didn't. Now that you mentioned it, I remember like not really enjoying it. Yeah, I played the first one and I hated it because everyone's like, "Oh, it's it like it it was just so formulaic and slow." Yeah. I don't know if it was just because I I played it like later than that you know when it first came out it might have been good but it was it was not no good when yeah I played that's it. how I remember it too it was formulaic and slow the jump scares were fun and that was about it yeah they might play better on backwards compatibility and the boost that they got 
because all the Dead Space games got some TLC from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So it might play better now than it did. Um, just to go back to your point about EA, Dan, and I'm glad you, you brought up an opportunity to talk about Star Wars. I, I really like that Fallen Order game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been consuming all the Star Wars stuff I can. I, I finished Bad Batch. I'm watching Rebels now. I finished Clone Wars this year. Um, I think... I think the way out for EA is to make a really killer Star Wars like epic RPG. Well, I um, think their their exclusivity is done now because the oh, Ubisoft really? Ubisoft is making a Star Wars game. Uh, so it's Quantic Dream. Yeah, okay, I didn't know about that. Let me. Uh, yep. Um, they're gonna have Fallen Order two out this year. Um, that's like what's supposed to happen. And then, as Dan said, Ubisoft is making an open world RPG, which I think all three of us are suckers for Ubisoft game. Yep. RPG games. Um, and I think the Quantic Dream one's gonna be pretty cool too. Sweet. Uh, that fourteen was it? Fourteen fourteen, the one that took place in uh, oh, yeah. Coruscant, the underbelly of Coruscant. Oh yeah. That game that never came out. Like that's what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. like uh, almost like a rage setting as it was a rage that type of setting in like the star wars universe mm-hmm. uh, that type of game i think would work really well yeah absolutely so okay. for for please stop i'm gonna exclude xbox buying everything because not that there's pushback but i also think there could be a, some positives that come out of it i think battlefield slash ea or gamer outrage would be was the bethesda acquisition was that last year or was that two years ago two years ago but it went through this last year okay sounds good um, i like the gamer rage one yeah um, I that's think a good that's one a, it's apropos for for where we're at in 2022 i think a lot of people could spend a little less time getting angry about things over the internet it's just i sent dan uh i sent you too will and eric the the link about the dead internet theory um and basically in a nutshell the dead internet theory is that the internet as we know it died in like 2016 and what you see most of on the internet now is artificial intelligence arguing with bots uh you know just back and forth the internet arguing with itself essentially um and sometimes that i don't spend a ton of time on social media anymore but i will still visit a reddit thread or something like that if i'm interested in it um sometimes it feels like that you know it just feels like these repeated arguments people talking around having these circular arguments over and over again like the same illogical or irrational points being made over and over again and it's it's infuriating and it feels like the internet is just on autopilot and has been for the last three or four years so there was actually a reddit thread found to be all bots and they were all going at each other but it like made perfect sense what they were saying like there that's wasn't scary yeah that's so scary yeah Oy. so, so i guess my point is don't go on the internet and treat it like it's this real world forum it's not representative of the real world in any way shape or form um i think there's a lot of great things great conversations that can be had on the internet but just keep your tenor down because you never know it's probably probably a lot of it's not real yeah yeah. Okay. I'm 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 cool with the gamer rage. Gamer yeah. outrage. Uh so yeah, please stop. 2021 Thummy goes to Gamer Rage. Alright. Uh best keepsake. This award goes to a game that has given you some sort of takeaway that will extend past the game's lifespan. I've got two for this. The first being Bowser's Fury. 
uh, which was the add-on to Super Mario 3D World for Nintendo Switch. It was an open-world Mario game. Uh, that came which out I, this year, didn't it? 2021, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I completely forgot about yeah. it. Bowser's Fury was excellent, and it it really made me pine, I guess, for a an a truly open world Mario game because you know uh, Mario Odyssey, while three D was not open world, but it it really showed that you know I think that could that could work for for a Mario game, and I think that would be really interesting. Uh, you know, there was plenty of ways to tra- traverse the the game world uh, quickly if you wanted to do that, and uh, yeah, I think it it just really worked very well my second is the age of empires 4 campaign videos uh which probably were my favorite part of age of empires 4 not that there's anything wrong with that but the the videos that were in between each campaign mission were so well done uh and for those that don't know what what they kind of did was they had narration uh like like you would explaining the the historical background of each battle and they went to the real world locations uh modern day and then they, they would superimpose like uh, white light wire figures on there, so you could see the armies marching and stuff, and it, they were superb, superb. Um, and that that will be my my biggest takeaway from from that game, and I probably will never forget those. So that um, just quickly, Dan, I want to inject a little something here. What you just described right there is my like dream for augmented reality, mm-hmm. um, virtual reality, like being able to experience that stuff in that way, like putting you in the spot but showing you you know, how things happened. I think that's like, I can't wait for that to be the normal. Yeah. That, that it was really cool. The, the way they did it. Yeah. I'm excited. And, and it's funny. Cause I remember back in the day, like watching the old age of empires two cinematic and being like, wow, that was so well done. You go back <laughs> and watch that thing. Now it looks horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm glad they kept that, you know, legacy of, of making cutting edge cinematics. And I'm, I still haven't played age of empires four. Funny, I so if you asked me back in October what I thought about Age of Empires 4, I would have been like, it kind of sucks. But the more I've played it, the more I'm like, this game's pretty incredible. That's good so, to hear. There's missing some dumb things, like Treaty is not in there. You can't change your Civ color. But, Ouch. man, the actual gameplay and the depth between the eight Civs, which isn't a lot, but, like, there's some good differences between the two of them. They all play differently. It's it's a, it's an incredible game. I'm a huge fan of it. Well, still waiting for it to come to uh, X Cloud. Do they still call it X Cloud? I think so. Yeah. But it's not. I don't know why. They're probably afraid of people trying to play multiplayer um, online with X Cloud. Yeah, because people might not have enough. Uh, bandwidth to be able yeah, to bandwidth. stream I'm a cloud. Sure, I'm sure input lag is a problem too, just because you're you're going from your system, you know, to another one, to another one, essentially. Yeah. Okay. I know I can't I can't play streamed games in Newark Valley, so <laughs> uh any other Corey, best keep keepsake, anything? Oh yeah, it takes two. I talked a little bit about it already. Um it, it for anybody who doesn't know what it is, it's a puzzle platformer split screen, uh best played with a significant other. Um, just because that's what the game's about and it's kind of funny we we there's a whole level uh, devoted to fighting the vacuum cleaner that you neglected and left in the garage <laughs> which is just funny because you know we all have thoughts about that like at least i do you know sometimes i feel sorry for the stupid tool that i'd never use you know maybe that's a me problem i don't know but um it's all that that kind of stuff domestic life wrapped up in a in a game 
Um, and the puzzles are really creative. The worlds you visit are half real world, half fantasy, sci-fi. Um, like I was chasing one of the daughter in the game's stuffed animals and it got in this like toy rocket ship but then the rocket ship like took off like it was real so it's like that hybrid um experience but uh it also does some really interesting things in terms of using the game medium to like really get your emotions going this is kind of a spoiler but there's a part where you're you're basically forcing this stuffed animal to do something it doesn't want to and it's a toy so you don't really care as a parent in the game and as a you know a real world person it's just like this is just a stuffed animal but the way it has you like mashing buttons rapidly while while this stuffed animal is saying like ouch please stop and you're like ripping it apart while you're trying Aww. to get it to do yeah it's really it's really even sophie was she's, she's like this is horrible i don't i don't want to play this anymore um but i, I think don't at the point yeah i don't even like being mean to npcs in games so yeah. yeah yeah it was hard and it was hard for me i was laughing the whole time because it was it tickled me i was so yeah. entertained by it but like i'm like this is horrible so it does some really clever and creative and unique artistic things too i'm excited to see where it ends um but if if you have the least bit of desire of playing video games co-op or playing video games with a spouse this is the one to play um my wife always talks about how great Ray- Rayman Origins or Legends. I can't remember which one, Dan. Go- the first one. The Le- one on Wii U. The first one, but the one on Legends? Wii U, yeah. Legends? Legends, yeah. Um, she point- has always pointed that as her favorite game. Uh, another one we played together a little bit, but she says this one is now her favorite. So Yeah. It won the Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Oh, it, it did? did. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense, and it, it checks those boxes. You know, it has a, a good amount of... Uh, what's the word cultural touchstones you know that make it relevant but it's also just like a fantastic game that's fun for gamers you know you know who made it Corey was the guy that said f the oscars at the game awards all those years ago nice yeah that's that guy he's he's a funny dude yes he is (laughs) awesome um when i had to quarantine for for big rona uh games done quick was doing there like eight day stream or whatever uh and i stayed up until like 2 a.m 3 a.m to watch the it takes two one just because i was like i gotta see what this game's about because i have it i just don't have anybody to play with me on pc so it's it does so and i I know we have to take a break in a minute here but um it does so many things so smartly uh it's all often blending genres like you're you're playing uh over the shoulder platformer and then all of a sudden the screen pivots and you're playing like an isometric uh, action RPG, you know, like a Diablo type game where the controls switch and all of a sudden you're pressing X to shoot a firebolt and, you know, pressing Y to do something else. And I don't know, it just, the, the gameplay is constantly changing and, and is constantly refreshing and, and keeping you engaged in the game. Um, and there are times where one person is leading and the other person is just following and, and you know, how that, it's just there's a lot going on there that I, I it's one of those games that once I beat, I'm going to need to think about for a while and read other people's opinions and just really try to understand what the artists were trying to, to convey, because I think it does a lot of things really well. Mm-hmm. All right, real quick, we're going to take a quick, quick break and then we'll get to Will's. All right, and we're back. Will, best keepsake. Honestly, this is one of the categories I didn't have anything in, uh, and it's not because there wasn't any keepsakes. It's just that 
I'm unprepared for this episode. And <laughs> gotcha. get to put it's one of the more thoughtful categories. Um, you say and, you're unprepared, but you you have had very well crafted points throughout. So the thing is, is I had to make a decision between putting effort into best moment or best keepsake, and I chose moment. Gotcha. Mm, gotcha. Um yes and honestly i really liked the three you both came up with like a lot okay Corey, what do you think what are you thinking i mean i honestly think we should probably go with uh your game it takes two yeah i mean i think it's a really good because i can um... i i'm willing to guarantee if i if i played it i would feel the same way uh just because of all the things i've heard about it uh, I would also be playing with my wife. Uh, we haven't yet because of time. We don't even get to watch like TV shows together anymore because of because of chaos. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would probably feel that way. So yeah, I think it's a really good representative represent representative rep- whatever. It's a good representative. Yes. It's a good candidate for the award. Yes. Yeah, so best keepsake uh, for 2021. Thummy goes to it takes two. Next on the list is Best Rainy Day Game. This award goes to a game that you choose to spend all day playing when it's raining outside. Corey, oh, yeah. start with you. I'm going to go Tales of Arise. Um, I was hoping I'd get to talk about Tales of Arise because I haven't really talked about that game at all, but I've been, I'm almost 50 hours into that game. Um, I've been playing it religiously. I'm really close to beating it. Uh, the Tales games are the Tales games. You like them, you hate them. Um, I'll, I, I don't mind them. I'll play one if it reviews really well. And, and that's what happened with tales of Arise. Um, and yeah, uh, it, it holds up one thing. I think the, the thing that separates it from other tales games, the thing that makes it a great game, uh, is the character interaction, not really relevant to this category at all. Um, but well, it kind of is because yeah. I, I kind of like have this joke in my head that I, when I don't want to play a video game, I'm going to play Tales of Arise because there's so much conversation, so much talking. Yeah, That's what s- I loved about Persona, by the way. You can skip over it all if you want, um, but if you're skipping it, in my opinion, you're skipping the best part of the game because especially the character relationships, the backstories, the history of the universe, that's the best part of Tales of Arise. Everything else is good, don't get me wrong, but the best part are those interactions between characters. Um, So what I'll do is, again, if I don't feel really like playing anything, I'm burnt out from Halo or Rocket League, you know, the games I play a lot of, um, I'll just turn on Tales of Arise and sit back and listen to some conversations for an hour. Uh, and that's pretty much how I've been playing Tales of Arise. Uh, I got it several months ago, and it's just a slow burn. So Nice. Um, Can I ask you two questions real quick from somebody? I trust your, like you guys, your opinion on games the most. Is it true that there is a spike in difficulty for the bosses? Or is it manageable? It's manageable because they're hit point sponges. Um, it's just okay. it becomes tedious to the point where I dropped I dropped the difficulty for bosses from normal to the story mode, okay. just because it takes so long. Um, they, and they are difficult. I'll give them that. I, I think the balance is really good for the bosses. Most RPG games bosses are pretty easy, right? Um, yeah, they're pretty hard in in Tales of Arise. I think that's true, but I wouldn't consider the jump up in difficulty jarring or anything. It's just it's how I would expect a boss to be in an RPG. If anything, all the other RPGs have gotten it wrong. Uh, you just don't feel like wasting thirty minutes on a fight. 
Exactly. And okay. and when they are hard and you, you know, that minute 29, you get a total party wipeout. You got to start from the beginning. And yeah. it's really frustrating because again, you're just being careful not to die while you slowly whittle away on the boss's health. Um, okay. But yeah, I, that was one of the tips I read before I started playing. Um, I don't know if you guys do that when you start playing a new game, you yeah. kind of want to, you don't want anything spoiled, but you want to know what you need to know before you start playing. So I'll always Google an article like that. And that was one of the recommendations was bosses hit point sponges drop the difficulty down and makes it a little more. Yeah. Enjoyable. I feel like some, some like destructoid or someone always does those like top five things I wish I knew before I started playing X game. Yeah. And those a lot of times are really good things to know before you just jump right into a new game. I want to start yeah. a whole website that does that for go. everything in life. Five things to know before you start fly fishing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a <Yeah>. great idea. <laughs> that is a great idea. Because people like that, but like bite-sized content, you know? Yeah. Especially yeah. especially if it's an article form. I hate I hate watching videos on that sort of thing. I'd rather yes. skim it and and read it in, in 30 seconds than watch like a five-minute video, you know? Yep. And and so many people are consuming those articles just to confirm their biases. So they just they're just skimming to make sure that heading is there for that thing that they yep. think is the most important. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Okay. Um did I Oh. Will, did you have any other rainy day games? Wait, did I get everybody? Uh, I just got Corey. Corey. Went, Corey went first, yes. Okay, did you have any other rainy day games, Corey? Um, I don't think so. I'll think about it while you guys go, but... Okay, Will, best rainy day game. You silly goose, Dan. Um, oh, we've, it's been a bit... You've been busy. Yeah, <laughs> a bit. Um, so I do have five. Uh, I've got Age of Empires 4, Hitman 3, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Far Cry 6 and Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, I have all of these up here for different reasons because Age of Empires 4 is fun to just play a bunch of games with friends and try out new strategies, play different civilizations, um, go online, get really toxic on there. All of these different reasons. It's fun. Hitman 3 because you can get really lost in the different maps. Um, and all of the maps in the new game are really impressive. And the amount of times that, uh, like, for example, there's this two missions in particular that I also have in Best Moment. It's called Dartmoor Manor in Berlin. So Dartmoor Manor is where you're kind of doing a murder mystery. And I'll talk about it more in Best Moment. And then Berlin is where you are actually combating against other ICA agents, which is like the Hitman group. Um, so like on this giant open war like map in Berlin, there's like a rave party going on. And then there's other agents that are trying to kill you and you're playing a cat and mouse game. Um, and just the way that these missions are structured and how you can see so many different things in it is really, really awesome. Ratchet and Clank because you could probably beat it in a like a nice 10 hour day of gaming, which is really nice. I gave Oreo and the Will of the Wisp my game of the year last year because games are too long and like bite-sized games that are high quality all the way through usually get a bias from me. Um, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is my version of that this year. Far Cry 6 because Yara is beautiful. People ragged on this game big time. Uh, and I thought this game was actually pretty awesome. I'm also a huge Ubisoft Far Cry fan. Uh, it's just a beautiful open world. The protagonist is the best protagonist in the series. It's a pretty fantastic game. And Mass Effect Legendary Edition because self-explanatory. Yeah, so 
Um, those are my five. Okay. The only game I have on my list is New World. It is. I, I always feel like MMORPGs are good games to play on rainy days. Yeah. Uh, especially because you could spend a lot of time in New World not accomplishing anything. You know, walking around, chopping down trees, mining rocks, hunting animals. Like, that stuff's all good things to do when you don't have anything else to do. Um, and that's kind of a large part of New World is, is the whole economic aspect of it. Uh, which I did really enjoy, the resource gathering and crafting. A lot of people did not necessarily like that part of the game. Uh, I did. I just um, I don't have time for that sort of thing right now. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I stopped playing New World. But that would be my choice for a rainy day game. So what do we think? That's a good one. I don't, feel good. Too, I don't feel too strongly about mine, so I'm willing to Nor concede... I. And usually I do have a, I think this was one of the awards that I was wanted to add to the list. Um, Cause normally I have strong opinions here, but I, I don't, I don't this year. So Will, do you have strong opinions? Honestly, I liked all seven picks. Um, you know, when you run through lists and you feel like specific games should get awards. So yeah. it's like, it's like, Man, like, so I feel that way about New World and Tales of Arise. I'm like, man, I feel like those two games are worthy of awards somewhere, but I don't know where. Um, because like we gave Mass Effect, no, did we give Mass Effect? And I mean, we've talked about it almost every category. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be talking about Ratchet and Hitman and Far Cry more, Age more. So like, it'll get brought up. I don't know. It's my long-winded way of saying I'm not sure what we. Should. <laughs> well, <laughs> what we... So, I mean, Tales Tales of Arise does fit my usual uh, checklist for what qualifies for a rainy day game. It's a usually a desirable setting, um, which Tales of Arise has. That it has multiple locations, multiple type biomes. You know, that's another thing I look for. So it, I guess it does kind of fit my bill, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of. I kind of like where Dan's head is at with New World, um, maybe more than Tales of Arise. Haven't played New World, um, but I know Dan's uh, Animal Crossing brain likes being given a task to do. Yeah, so. <laughs> something. Anytime I can shut my mind off, yes, I take that opportunity. Uh, yeah, you know, Animal Crossing did that perfectly, and uh, New World to an extent for certain things of it, you can shut your brain off and just gather resources. Chop down um, trees in the forest. Do you guys want to know how many hours Johnny's put into New World this year? Mm, yes. <laughs> well, all right. 625. Holy crap. So <laughs> this is going to sound like I'm picking on him. I'm not because I genuinely was impressed. Um, when it came out, he disappeared off the face of the earth, like messaging. Because he, me and him platinum a lot of games on PlayStation together. Uh, just because we've always been achievement fans, so like Sony just does trophies and does it better than in my in our opinion than like Microsoft. Um, so we like we're working on like platinuming some of our favorite games. New World came out. He disappeared, and I want to say like two weeks in, he had two hundred hours. Like I can see that because I, I always saw him on because you know yeah. I have it on Steam. He we're friends on Steam, and he was literally always on. <laughs> like I'm in a group chat with him and his girlfriend, and I'd be like, "Hey, latch me." Have you heard from Johnny recently? <laughs> She'd be like, no. Yep. Nope. <laughs> With him I, in the group chat. 
you're right though will it's kind of admirable how he just like goes after it you know yeah he gets really obsessed with the, like a game and he just sticks with that and i i wish i was like that because he yeah. he goes from game like i play a lot of different stuff at once and make no progress on any of them but he can like focus in on a game get really into it play with friends which is another thing i have a hard time with um is like playing with people because i yeah. feel like it's a chore sometimes but he can do that has a great time and is just yeah i am fi- i like you i agree i find it very admirable because i can't do it like that yeah and and just i want to go back to something you said dan about um the um looking for the distraction uh, yeah. that almost just left my brain and i was <laughs> gonna freak but uh looking for the distraction that's i think i've said this to you guys before i think i've said it out loud on this podcast but sometimes i've found myself not wanting to play a video game but just wanting to get addicted to a video game mm-hmm. i know? know exactly what you mean yeah it's it's a weird thing and there's probably some weird mental thing going on there that a, a therapist could explain to me a little bit better but um Do yeah I- it's Go ahead, Will. Trophies kind of do, do that for me. Um, I think that's why it helps me get fixated and comp- like do a completionness of a game. Yeah. Be- because like I finished during COVID, I finished a, like a bunch of different games, Platinum. Like I did Far Cry, Mass Effect 3, Legendary, and then finished Horizon Zero Dawn. And after I finished that, I was like looking for something. I felt mm. a little like not empty, but I was like, man, like I want to jump into something. Like, what do I, I need? Do? I need a feedback loop. Yeah. So give, nobody give saves the world machine. actually yeah. came in and <laughs> filled that for me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. good way to bring that in. And um, I don't care about completing a game like uh, on Xbox as much as PlayStation because of the stupid trophies. It's bad. I really hate that I've become this, <laughs> but I can just like play games on Microsoft like a normal human. Uh. That's and it's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. So nobody saves. I'm going to do Dust Door next because that game's been acclaimed. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just wanted to bring that into the conversation because I think it's important. Sounds like New World's the winner. Yep. All right. Sounds good to me. So the winner for the 2021 Best Rainy Day game goes to MMORPG New World. Uh, I'm right, gonna, Corey, yeah, I'm gonna cut. I, yeah, I, if you guys want to keep going, by all means, I don't need to be a part of the conversation. That's up to you. Um, no, I think I think we should just a do a part two. Okay. I agree. Um, all right. Yeah, we we had. So I'll I'll briefly explain why we're running late uh, as usual. I mean, we're not recording live, but uh, I had audio issues, and it turns out my microphone no longer works on my computer. I don't know why. So uh, I had to start later than we had initially planned, and then I had audio issues. So that ruined about 45 minutes that we could have still been recording. So that is why we have to do a part two. Which honestly, like... I don't think we were finishing the episode or 45 minutes. No, no, I don't think so. You're, you're right. It probably would have been a two-parter anyway, um, just because that's how, how it works nowadays. So, Because I'm fighting um, for game of the year this year. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, the, yeah, I do want to be a part of that conversation. <laughs> so let's, yeah, I appreciate uh, part two. Yeah. So uh, we'll get that out ASAP. I, I don't have a date on it. We have to figure it out. Um but we're we're also trying to figure out a way that we can get an episode out every week. We don't want to keep going weeks without an episode. Uh, we all hate that, and it drives us crazy. It's just that's how life's been lately. Um, so 
I just wish there was a way to do just like quick conversations and then spit them out on this podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's the idea of setting aside time and sitting down and doing it is hard, yeah, but is. like very often I'd love to just like pick up the phone and have a conversation about games for a little bit. And then, you know, that'd be it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't I'm know not going to do that. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Like I miss talking video games in our group chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we, I don't think we've really like had a conversation about video games together and months no you're right like an like an actual one other than me saying hey check this out or one of you guys saying oh i tried this today yeah you know, we're all too jaded <laughs> <laughs> well the the problem too is uh, you know i've mostly played Fortnite the past however long yeah, yeah. so I, it's it's hard for me to get into new stuff well, new, game, a, new game tomorrow though you know what here's what i want you guys to do okay homework homework start sharing more screenshots of your adventures in games i do that but it i, I don't know if it's well received i like i to love do it. it okay all right i'll, I'll do more of it i mean you're doing the pictures when you're doing the mass effect legendary like because i was late to playing mass effect legendary edition what did it for me was when you sent the mass effect 3 reaper leviathan picture Oh, yeah. Or the Reaper picture, and then said you thought the Leviathan stuff was super cool. And I was oh, yeah. like, I'm playing. That's it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that, I mean, Mass Effect has a photo mode, which I never thought I'd care about in a game, but what a great game to have a photo mode, a game, you know, a, a trilogy of legendary games uh, that I love. What a great tool. And I yeah. played the shit out of the photo mode. <laughs> Oh, we got to put the explicit tag on this episode now, don't we? Oh, it's okay. God. No biggie. Yeah, I did, I did say a few swear words, which I usually don't. Okay, so yeah, that'll do it for part one of the 2021 Thummies. As I said, we will be back as soon as possible with part two. Uh, that'll do it for, yeah, the episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement.